0: Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. I'm impressed that I haven't forgotten to mention it this year. This week, I'm talking with fellow ADHD podcaster, Peter Shankman. Peter is the host of the podcast, Faster Than Normal, where he talks with people around the world who have learned how to unlock the gifts of their ADHD diagnosis and use it to their personal and professional advantage. He is also the author of Faster Than Normal, Turbocharger Focus, Productivity and Success with the Secrets of the ADHD Brain, and also just recently came out with a new children's book, The Boy with the Faster Brain. In our conversation today, Peter shares the story of his own journey, from feeling broken to recognizing how he can harness his ADHD, and we also discuss practical strategies for working with our ADHD, owning our decisions and the importance of things like morning routines and exercise. If you'd like to follow along with the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash 154. Before we get started, this episode is brought to you by AG1. If you're a longtime listener, you might know that I've been drinking AG1 for, I don't know, six, seven years. I know I've lost track. When I started drinking AG1 daily... And that did take a while because, you know, ADHD makes starting any new habit difficult. But it was worth it because I started to feel a real difference in my energy levels. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. And as I mentioned earlier, habits are harder for those of us with ADHD, which is why I love just how easy AG1 is. I just put it in some water, shake it up, and I'm good to go. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why they've been a partner for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash ADHD. That's drinkag1.com slash ADHD. Check it out. All right, keep on listening to find out how fast our brains really are. Today, I'm here with Peter Shankman, and you want to give you a little bit of introduction about yourself and why you wanted to come on the show today.
1: My basic premise is I have spent my life being assured that I was broken and being absolutely convinced I was broken. And yet, I'm now 51, and yet somehow I've managed to start and sell three companies for a lot of money. I've written six best selling books, including a New York Times bestseller. I'm a corporate keynote speaker who pretty much travels the world giving talks, and I'm a talking head on CNN and MSNBC and all that. I'm also a skydiver, a two time Iron Man, and a um, father, a single dad of an awesome 10 year old. Yet, through all that, I kept being told I was broken and kept being told things were wrong. And then one day I discovered that I had ADHD. And once I figured that out, everything started to make sense because all the things that I've done that people thought were weird were actually things I was doing to allow me to be the best at whatever it is I do. So over time, I realized that my sort of traits or abilities to do the things I do that people think are weird are actually gifts. And from that, I wrote a book called Faster Than Normal, which talks about The concept of using, of looking at neurodiversity as a gift instead of a curse. And then I focused on building a kid's book called The Boy with the Faster Brain. Basic premise is that one out of every seven to eight people in the world are going to be diagnosed neurodiverse in the next 10 years. And there's absolutely no reason to think that as a bad thing. It's actually a phenomenal thing. Without different brains, our society will not evolve. And so different cognitive talents and cognitive functions are actually mandatory. So one of the things I've been doing lately is teaching companies how to be more embracing of neurodiversity and how to understand neurodiversity and how to hire for it and attract it and retain that talent and sell for it. It's been a fun ride. I'm having a good time. I have some really, really big name clients who have been helping do that. And it's going really well. Awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's so important for people to realize that with the right systems in place, we can thrive. And it's just the trick of figuring out what those systems are. Because often it's like, yeah, we do feel this sense of being broken because we're shoved in these systems that really, really don't work for us.
1: Well, I mean, you know, look at the concept of a schoolhouse, right? Where the classes are, the desks are straight and they're this way and they're that way and they're printed rows. And the reason they do that is because 150 years ago, there were one room schoolhouses and that's the only way they could fit as many people as many students as possible into the school times have obviously changed now and so we have the ability to create different things but it's very hard to sort of move out of that way of thinking you know it's the classic story about the 10 year old daughters watching her mom make a meatloaf and she puts the meatloaf you know shapes it and puts it in the pan and right before she puts it in the oven she slices off a quarter inch on either side and her daughter says mom why do you do that And the mom says, you know I don't know that's how grandma taught me let's call grandma and find out they call grandma and says well that's really funny I don't know that's how my mother taught me said, okay let's call great grandma and find out they call great grandma and they said why do we cut a quarter inch so I don't know why you did it. I did it because I had a small oven, <laughs> right? And so it's that premise that a lot of things that we do, we do simply because we've always done them that way. And it doesn't necessarily
0: need to be that way. Absolutely. Often on this podcast, I talk about that same idea of just like, just because something's a certain way doesn't mean we have to be doing it that way. 100%.
1: Again, it's, it's one of those things where you learn, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And if it works, great, I'll do more of it. If it doesn't work, I'll do it another way. And for whatever reason, I love that. I personally love that premise of sort of trying something, Let's see if it works. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, great.
0: I learned a way not to do it. Yeah.
1: Right? Not everything is supposed to work. That's the whole premise behind it.
0: And it's really funny how we just get stuck in this, like, well, that's the way it's supposed to be. I was like, well... If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Exactly. And you know that's why companies fail because companies don't
1: keep up with the times, right? There's a wonderful story about a baboon, very similar to the meatloaf story, I guess. Five baboons are in a room at a zoo and a zookeeper puts a bunch of bananas on the top of the cage. and puts a ladder under them. And sure enough, eventually one of the baboons notices the bananas climbs the ladder to eat the bananas. He starts eating bananas. The other four baboons get hit with an icy cold stream of water. The um, next day, they put another thing, of bananas up there. And the first baboon goes up Starts eating the bananas. All of the baboons again get hit with the icy cold water. Third day, as the baboon starts to go up for the bananas, the other four beat the crap out of him because they know if he goes up there, he's going to get hit with cold water. So by the fourth day, no one goes up, no cold water. The next day, they remove one of the original baboons and replace it with a new baboon who says, "Ooh, bananas!" Before he could even get to the first step of the ladder, he gets the crap kicked out him. You know, he has no idea why. Though they keep replacing the baboons until there are five brand new baboons, none of whom have ever been hit with water, but all of whom know they're not allowed to go to bananas. They don't know why, though. And the rule is, well, that's the way we've always done it, mm-hmm. right? So it becomes that premise that as long as you get out of your own way and allow yourself to fail and allow yourself to learn better ways to do things, neurodiversity helps that because people who are neurodiverse think differently than the norm. I've been fired for more than one job as a teenager because I thought differently and tried different things. And when you're 16 years old working for a movie
0: theater or whatever, they just want you to be like everyone else. It is really hilarious when people are dealing with their, neuro- they're like, why won't you just do the things like everyone else is doing things like because that's a dumb way of doing things. I it was a meme or a TV shows where the character goes, you know what? Actually, no, let's do it your way because it's much more
1: easier for you, even though it's going to take five times longer. You ignorant fool.
0: Yeah. So I love those ideas of like, hey, let's just do things in a new way because it is so frustrating to be stuck in because I, you know, will get in my head and like, why can't I do this? And it's like, oh, because I'm doing this the wrong way. So I had a good time reading through your book. I thought there was a lot of great points with like how we manage ADHD goes into so many different facets, even though it wasn't like explicit that these are the things you're doing for ADHD. But it was also just like talking about how he was able to do things so much better when he had some exercise. There was a lot of different areas where if we can come at this from a couple different areas, we're going to be able to do so much better with managing our ADHD. And I think exercise is one of those ones that I hear all the time. And I personally find it really helpful, but I always hear people being like, but I just don't want to. (laughs)
1: You know what? I, I had a so I have a mastermind group called Shank Minds. We have about a hundred people in it. And every once in a while, you know, at the end of every month, like people get an automatic email that says, Hey, just FYI, I'm billing you, you know, for next month. So don't be shocked when, you know, credit card shows up bill. And without fail, you know, one or two people will quit. Mm-hmm. I always ask them, I always email them personally, like, hey, saw you left. No worries, just you know, curious why. And without fail, I say, Oh, you know, I loved the group, I just didn't have the time. Like, that's a lie. Like you'd all the time in the world. What you didn't have was the desire. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But understand there's a huge difference between not having the time and not making the time. I work out at 4.30 in the morning because it benefits me, because it helps me, because it makes me a better person. I know that I'll be exhausted by 7 or 8 p.m. And I'll be asleep by 8.30. To make that happen, to accomplish that, I give up going out late. I give up partying. I give up doing things that would go against that schedule. When people say they don't have time to go to the gym, I don't have time to work out, I don't want to. What they mean is other things are more important. And that's fine. But be honest about it. Own it. Admit what it is, right? I don't have time to go to the gym. The hell you don't. The gym opens at five in the morning. You can go at five in the morning. I doubt you have other meetings at five AM. The problem is you chose to stay out until eleven thirty last night at a bar, which again is fine. I'm not judging that. I'm judging the fact that you're blaming it and not having the time when you very clearly
0: do. Yeah, it is about owning your choices there and being mindful of that when you're choosing to do one thing, it is saying no to a bunch of other things. It is hard to get out of that mindset. It's like, oh well. It's the same thing we're talking about earlier. When I was in my 20s, it's like, yeah, I should be going out doing all these partying things like, or I could be doing this other stuff that I want to be doing as well.
1: And I think that at the end of the day, there'll come a point where you decide, right, here's what I want to do better. Yeah, that's
0: it. And I think that's, Often where people do find that big thing of change, they're like, oh, yeah, I really do want this thing more than I want that. Kids have been like such a monumental shift in who I was because I'm like, oh, I want to be able to be present and do stuff for them. That means I have to get to bed on time and I have to do all the things that are going to make sure that happens because I'm tired. I will be snapping my kids, you know, yell or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I don't want, that's not the parent I want to be.
1: No, And that's why I'm on the bike at 4.30 every morning. You know, I might be exhausted, but I'm a better parent. And that's at the end of the day, that's what I'm trying to do.
0: And it's also like fair to also be like, yeah, it's still hard. I'm sure you have many mornings. You're like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> of course. But again, you plan for that. So
1: I make sure that I go to sleep and I put on a pair of bike shorts before I go to bed. My Peloton bike is three inches away from my bed. Mm -hmm. I can literally roll out of my bed onto the Peloton bike. Sometimes I'll bike for five minutes before I'm even open my eyes. But at that point, I'm awake and I'm working on it. That's all I need is so so you put those rituals and those resolutions into place that allow you to do what you need to do.
0: That is one of the things I've often found, too, is like when we're planning for best case scenarios, as soon as we hit any chip in the road, you know, like I inadvertently stayed up late night i can't wake up
1: you understand that you're gonna have those pushbacks you're gonna have those failures you're gonna have things that don't work all the time and that's fine when that happens you make sure to get back on track you know the key is having a bad day is normal having you know screwing up every once in a while is perfectly normal owning it is much more rare yeah what i learned years ago is that i rarely drink anymore because when i used to drink i wouldn't have one drink out a five not because i was trying to get drunk because i liked it I a good feeling chasing mm-hmm. dopamine. Then. After those five drinks, I go to bed, I'd wake up the next morning, I'd feel like crap, I'd be dehydrated. Like, oh, you know, I'll fix that. Let me order two grilled cheese, tomato and bacon sandwich. That'll help. Well, as long as I did that, I guess I ruined the day. I won't go to the gym. I'm already eating like shit. Let me order a pizza. Now it's two weeks later, I've gained 10 pounds.
0: Mm -hmm. Where's the benefit there? Yeah, it is really important to be like, hey, I messed up here, but that's okay. In the scheme of everything I'm doing, if I just have one bump rather than like a two week bump, it's way better. Absolutely. There's the uh, like uh, productivity method of doing like daisy change where you like do like bark off each day that you do something and don't break the chain. And I'm like, I get so demotivated by breaking the chain that I'm like, that's not useful. What's more useful is being like, you know what? I'm going to plan that I'm going to have days that I miss. It's more important that I have like five weeks where I did four days each than. Exactly.
1: Well, that's the same thing. I mean, I have a streak going on my Apple Watch where almost a thousand days of beating my exercise goal every day. I think it's the point where, you know, I don't want to work out hard every day. You need to recover, right? So sometimes my beating my exercise goal will literally be me sitting on the bike going five miles an hour, reading a book for an hour and a half just to beat it. Now, great. I get some movement in, but I'm not, I'm certainly not increasing my cardiovascular health. So what's the point? They
0: need to rethink that. I've had that same issue with my Apple watch where I'm like, is this measuring what I want it to measure? Absolutely. And you know, and the, the bonus, okay. So I have the streak. Great. But yeah, it's not necessarily the most useful thing. Yeah, One I think about is like goals for like reading a certain number of books by the end of the year. So I'm like, that's great, but also doesn't cover the quality of the books, the length of the books. Exactly. What's the point? Right. What's good about it? Like I could read 12 really short books in a couple of days and be like, oh, man, I hit my goal really quickly. I totally agree.
1: Again, at the end of the day, it comes back to knowing yourself because the crap that we do. Let's face it. I am a master bullshit artist. I can bullshit anything anything i want to again another reason i sleep my gym clothes because if I didn't work out first thing in the morning, I would figure out a way to not work out in the afternoon. I'd be walking home and say, okay, go to the gym. Oh, look, a news alert. They found a new asteroid and it's orbiting Pluto. You know, just in case that thing gets knocked out of orbit, I should go home so I could take care of the dog. And in my head, I'll justify that, right? It's complete BS, but I'll figure out a way to make that work. The key is you get up, you get it done before you wake up, before your brain has time. The ADHD brain is brilliant at coming up with ways not to you, you. you fake it out and you get it done before the ADHD even wakes up. So when it does wake up, it says, oh, okay. Oh, he's already on the bike, God damn it. You know, and then you can't
0: stop it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well,
0: and I love also doing things early because stuff does come up and I'm like, yep. oh, I literally have to go and do this. And that was when I was planning it. And if I'm like, when I've completed the most important tasks in my day early and self-care should absolutely be one of my most important tasks. Yeah, you
1: can't take care of anyone else if you're not taking care of yourself. I'm on the bike on average by 4.30 a.m. every morning. Nice. And. It's exactly what I need. To do. Exactly what I need. To do. As long as I get it done, I'm good. I mean, you know, I'm done by six thirty. By six thirty, I'm showered, I'm dressed, and changed. I can go make a cup of coffee, and I have fifteen minutes before I have to wake up my daughter to get to school. And, and that's the funny thing about exercising, like eating healthy, is like you're just so happy. You walk around like a goddamn leprechaun. Your skin is soft. Your hair feels like the hair above a horse's ass. It's just totally silky, <laughs> right? And you're running around like you're a damn, you know, happy
0: joy of ray of sunshine. You drive everyone else insane. It's the greatest feeling in the world. I love it. It is amazing how like. Not only how much it makes you feel good, maybe not exactly when you're doing it, but like right when you finish, you feel usually feel pretty good. And then that lasts way longer than you expect it to. One
1: of the other things I do is I take cold showers mm. and normally I'll start off with a shower that's hot and I'll move to cold. And what everyone says about that, they think, oh, my God, I take a cold shower. What's wrong with you? What people don't realize is that cold showers actually give you a dopamine hit that lasts about three hours and increase your dopamine by like something like a factor of five and then it literally lasts for like three hours. So you are unbelievably high as a kite for that entire time, right? And you have absolutely no reason to be unhappy. There's no reason to be miserable. And you're just like, you're loving life. Everything's awesome. That simply comes from the act of taking a cold shower. How easy is that, right? It's just amazing what people don't think. You know,
0: these are the little things that you can do and, and it will change your world. Yeah, cold showers have been, I've done quite a number of them. I don't always do them because I find I get more benefits from a hot shower right before bed. But yeah, the morning cold shower is very nice to be like, you can't do them right after a workout either because your heart could explode. But other than that, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's good stuff. I enjoy doing the mental training of walking in the shower and then turning it on to cold to be like, yeah, because it's the expectation that's the worst part. And then I'm like, I can do this. Right, exactly. I found that to be very good training for just being for other like ADHD tasks where I'm like, man, I don't want to start this. Okay, we'll just start and see how it feels. I've also found
1: a phenomenal cheat code for that is ChatGPT. I'm not going to use ChatGPT to do everything because there's no point. It can't do everything. But what it can do is it can give me the start. So if I need to write a proposal for a client or something I don't want to do or just know I can do it, but it's going to take a long time, whatever, I say to ChatGPT, write a proposal based on this, 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 and this. Do these things. And then it sends it to me. And there, now I've started. All I have to do is edit that proposal and turn it into what I wanted to say. And that's a lot easier than starting from scratch. So that is for an ADHD person or neurodiverse person, that is an amazing, amazing gift. It's worth, I pay the 20 bucks a month for the premium, for T four. it's totally worth it.
0: I found it very helpful, absolutely, for that starting thing. To be like, okay, now I have a structure to go with this. I like doing it for emails as well, being like, hey, just how would I respond to this? And being like, okay, well, what you came up with is terrible, but I can build off of that. <laughs> absolutely. One of my favorite ones from doing that was like, Someone was asking me where I was like located and they're like, we're in New York. Where are you at? ChatGPT was like, well, I'm also in New York. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm, I'm in Washington, but uh, good guess. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, the funniest thing about it. It's just so confident in its wrong answers. I've been using it for different things. It's not
1: ready for like, give us 20 bucks and we'll give you 100 selfies from one picture. You take one picture, we'll send you 100 headshots. from they the absolute worst. I look like somewhere across between the Sopranos and the the ogre guy from the Goonies. It's not good. But, you know, it's not there yet. But for certain things, it's phenomenal. And again, to help you get through the benign and the banal is is amazing.
0: I've also found um, there's a number of things to do up with like breaking down tasks being like, yeah, hey, I want to clean my living room. Can you give me the breakdown tasks? And it's like, yeah, you need to do these 12 things. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's broken down way more than I ever thought I could do that. And I love giving that to my kids to be like, hey, clean your room. Here are the actual things you need to do. Exactly. Well, and that's one of the things about, about ADHD is that you just see this one giant
1: chore but if you go to the premise of eating an elephant, which is one bite at a time, it makes it a lot easier to get through.
0: Absolutely. It does feel overwhelming, but yeah, it's still like you can do it. It's all about setting up these systems that are going to help us get through it. Exactly. So do you have anything you want to leave the listeners with?
1: So my entire world is at shankman.com. Both books, Fast and Normal and The Boy with the Faster Brain, as well as all my business books are available on Amazon. And I love talking about this stuff because I think it's the right thing to do. I love helping to find answers about neurodiversity. I talk to companies about how to hire those employees and find them. And so, yeah, I am always more than willing to chat about this stuff. My email is peter at shankman.com. I answer all my emails.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure talking to you. And I think people really enjoy it. Thanks. It was great to be here. Thanks to Peter for coming on the show. And thank you for sticking with us all the way to the end. Be sure to check out the Faster Than Normal podcast found on any podcast player. And be sure to check out Peter's books, Faster Than Normal and The Boy with the Faster Brain. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. One, recognize and value the unique strengths that come from having an ADHD brain. Rather than seeing ADHD as a limitation, we can view it as a unique attribute that can drive success if properly harnessed. Two, to overcome feelings of overwhelm, we can break tasks into smaller, more manageable steps. We can often find ourselves in paralysis when we don't know where to start, and by breaking tasks down, we can often find our way. Three, we can leverage technology as an aid with tools like ChatGPT to assist with starting projects or tasks. Technology can be a beneficial companion in providing structure and easing the initiation of tasks. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. Feel free to connect with me over at HackingYourADHD.com contact. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can go to the show notes page at HackingYourADHD.com 148. If you'd like to support the show, the best way to do so is to tell somebody about the show, especially if you think they'd like a particular episode. Just click the share button on your podcast player and send it over to them. Or you can consider supporting me on Patreon. Just go to hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon to find out more. And now for your moment of dad. What did Yoda say when he saw himself in 4K? HDMI?